Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Bridget picked her way between the vestiges of last night's riot, skirting odd boots and fragments of glass and the glutinous dark puddles of blood that had settled between the cobbles. Sackville Street was busy. People returning from morning mass lingered to chat and to observe the groups of strikers and union men that were massing in front of the Imperial Hotel. Placards and fists waved like flags amongst them. From his perch on an upturned crate, a stout man shouted a speech. Bridget worked her way along the perimeter, scouring the grim, intent faces for Daniels. A knot of worry tightened her belly. The boat for England left in 12 hours. A sudden ripple of excitement passed through the crowd. Somewhere near the front, a tussle had broken out. Bridget craned her neck and caught a glimpse of shiny spiked helmets and the bottle-green uniforms of the Dublin police. Their swinging batons began to rise and fall, striking at the tight lines of men. The chanting voices became a roar, and in the surge forward, Bridget was lifted off her feet, clamped in the massed shoulders clad in dark, sweaty wool. But between the jostling heads, she spotted the one she sought. Daniel! Danny! Bridget's voice cracked and was swallowed by the din, but he had heard her. She saw his head swivel, searching her out. She jumped and waved, but a rush of bodies forced her back. Then the street erupted. The police were charging the crowd. Bridget heard the thump and the crack as the hardwood batons made contact with heads and limbs, and the air shook with the pounding of boots as people scattered. Bridget was carried on the swell out into the main carriageway. Someone grabbed at her coat. She stumbled and fell hard onto the cobbles. A hand grasped her arm at the elbow and she tried to roll free, kicking wildly. Will you leave off? It was Daniel, hauling her upright, pushing her hair off her face. Are you hurt? He extracted a piece of grit from her lip. What in the hell are you doing here? Bridget straightened and dragged a breath out of her ribs. Looking for you? She tasted blood behind her teeth. Finding you? It's trouble you'll be finding. Daniel's shirt was torn at the buttons, his jacket flapping. Blood spread in a dark stain from the bone below his left eye. Your father's back there with his baton and his mates. He pulled her behind him down an alleyway no wider than a man and Bridget followed him, hunched and running between twisting walls of brick, crouching to squint round each corner, on and on, until at last they emerged into the hazy white sunlight at a quiet junction on the western edge of Dublin. Take a breath now, will you? Bridget's chest was a hot band of pain, She fished a handkerchief from her pocket and reached up to Daniel's face. Let me look at that. It'll wait. 
Daniel took the cloth from her and held it against the split skin. Keep moving. I'm not spending another night in jail. He spat into the street and a fragment of tooth skipped like a seed pearl across the greasy stones. Come home with me, she said. It's the last place they'll be looking for you. You could eat. I could clean that face. Aye. His voice was sharp with weariness. And have your da walk in. It would be the pair of us locked up then, would it not? He sagged back against the grimy brick wall. Just give me a minute, can you? His eyes closed and in that brief moment of repose his face lost its strain and was smooth like a boy's under the bright sheaf of his hair. Bridget's heart clenched with the old love that did not go away, although she knew it could do them no more good. She would never make Daniel happy. She'd have to mend the whole world first. He'd not settle for less. His brave desire to liberate Ireland from the stamp of British boots had consumed him now and the boy she had loved and fought with since childhood had become a firebrand. But the latest strikes were wearing them down. The pickets and the marches brought nothing but more hunger, more hardship and to Daniel they brought a darkness she'd never seen in him before. He'd begun to hate men in a new way. Bridget regarded the worn wooden signposts that leaned together at the centre of the crossroads. The names of outlying villages unfurled along them like the lines of a familiar poem. I have it, she said suddenly. Uncle Fintons, you'll be safe there and he can stitch that cut. To her relief, Daniel nodded agreement and they set off along the road that led west to her uncle's home. When a dusty milk wagon rumbled into view behind them, they waited and waved it down and clambered onto the back among the empty churns and hairy brown sacks of grain. After the city's clammy interior, the air in the open lane was weightless. Bridget filled her lungs and watched the green lands of their childhood spread like a fallen scarf behind them. Beside her, Daniel slept. As they neared their destination, the scent of peat, fetid and sulphurous, rose in the air and the dark sheen of the bog stretched out like a bruise on the earth. For twelve years, she and Daniel and a gang of others had crossed that bog daily to the schoolhouse. The trick of it was never to stay still. A light, breathe, leap. With every landing, the mud clutched at their shoes and they would balance on the tufts of heather, arms wheeling like mill veins, and then spring away again before the wetness could lay hold of them. On their crossings, the children discovered many bones, the remains of strayed livestock that had floundered and fallen into the oily blackness of the bog. In their wild imaginations, the skeletons of cattle became the relics of highwaymen and freedom fighters and they constructed grand tales about the fallen heroes to whom the bodies had once belonged. One day, though, in the slanting light of an autumn morning, they'd come across the bones of a woman and then the fun had stopped. Bridget closed her eyes against the thought but the curved, pale shafts of bone emerged in her memory, pushing up through the liquid of the mire as if lifted from a pot on a ladle. Ribs, hips, a knobble of spine, 
human, female, they were told later. A decade on, Bridget still could not erase the picture of those softly arching bones. Some poor woman trapped forever by the rich sucking darkness of the ancient land. She wondered if Daniel remembered. Daniel didn't wake until the cart set them down at the ramshackle wall that enclosed Uncle Finton's yard. Through the curtainless window of the cottage, Bridget glimpsed her uncle's head bent in a pool of lamplight over the spread sheets of a newspaper. In his hand, steel scissor blades winked and flashed. She placed one palm on the top bar of the garden gate. In a minute they would be at the house and there was no time left to tell Daniel her news. She drew a long breath, inhaling the faint, sharp odour of the bog and took Daniel's arms at the elbows. He glanced down at her, questioning. The splayed tracks of drying blood clung like a leaf on his cheek. I can't stay, she said, for long. I've an early boat to catch tomorrow. She felt him stiffen against her hands. His bones seemed to sharpen inside his sleeves. I'm going, Danny. She forced out the words before her courage failed her. Back to England. I joined the British Army. Jesus, Bridget. Daniel twitched himself out of her grasp. You can't do that. I did, she said. The Royal Nursing Corps. She met his eyes, dark as slate against the woollen grey of the sky. It's my work, Danny. It's what I trained for. And they need me. It's here you're needed, he snapped. Here you belong. Not in London, working for next to nothing. And for the British? He spat the word out. A little fool trying to prove you're something. I am something. Bridget stepped away from him abruptly. Her throat was closing. I'm a woman. I'm a nurse. And not a fool. She pushed through the gate and stomped up the path and rapped on the whitewashed timbers of the door until it opened to reveal her uncle's startled face. You left it late, lass, he said. His cheek fell slack and dry against her lips. How old he had become this year. Are you coming in then, Daniel? He glanced back and forth between their faces. Daniel stalked inside, stooping to avoid the bright pots that hung from the beams. He plucked a newspaper clipping from the table, stabbed at the headline with one finger, as though an insect crawled across it. Europe. The Balkans. The newsprint rattled in his hand. What's that got to do with you, with any of us? It's a war we have right here in Dublin, in case you hadn't noticed. He slumped into a chair at the table and with one arm swept the remaining clippings to the floor. Don't be jumping on your high horse. Bridget's uncle's lips gathered in a pucker when he saw Daniel's face under the lamp. You're not wrong there, though I could wish you'd find less painful ways to make your point. He lifted his worn black bag to the tabletop and went to work on the wound. Bridget stepped behind the chair, took Daniel's head in her hands and held it motionless against her. He glared up at her, fierce and unforgiving, and shut his eyes against the pain and the light. Bridget watched her uncle's deft fingers and recalled the same shapely fingers of her mother pulling needle and thread through felt or cloth or skin, always one for fixing things. 
There's nothing that can't be mended with a little love or a few stitches, she'd say. And for a long time, Bridget had believed her. That'll do, Bridget's uncle said at length. He snipped the thread, gathered up the bloody scraps of cotton and threw them on the fire. Keep it clean. With the economy of long habit, he scalded and packed away his tools and laid crockery on the table in their wake. The soda bread released a faint sigh of steam into the air below the lamp. Bridget poured tea, added sugar to Daniel's and nudged his arm with the cup. He took it without a nod. Again, Bridget's uncle glanced between them and raised a springing grey eyebrow. He blew on his tea and set the cup down again without drinking from it. The war in Europe is not ours, Daniel. His measured voice had a sad edge, but it is spreading. It will grow bigger than all our Irish troubles in the end. We have no choice but to take sides. Oh, hi. Daniel choked on his mouthful. And have able-bodied Irishmen marching off to God knows where to fight the battles of the British? And you, he slewed around to Bridget, you take it into your empty bloody head to traipse after them, a ministering angel to patch them up again. Cups rattled as his closed fist landed on the tabletop. Steady now. Bridget's uncle got up from the table and stepped over to the hearth. You've been friends a lifetime, you two. Best make your peace while you can. He placed a fresh sod of peat on the fire and a pale flame, roused by a thrust from the poker, wrapped about the edge of the new fuel. The yard gate creaked and slammed, loud in the silence, and Daniel brought his boots in under his chair with a thud. Dr Casey! A small boy stood in the dark doorway, gasping for breath. Dasses, could you come now? The baby's on the way. I'm right behind you, lad. The doctor was already pulling on his coat. He checked the contents of his bag and set the guard in front of the fire. Take the buggy, Daniel. See Bridget safely home and then leave the horse at Brannigan's until I make it into town. You hear me now? He stood waiting, one hand on the hunched shoulder, until he saw Daniel nod. Bridget followed her uncle down to the gate. The boy was already a distant, tiny figure running into the dark. Overhead, the sky was scratched with stars, and Bridget's breath stood on the air like unspoken thoughts. I'll say goodbye here, lass. Her uncle turned to face her, and for a moment held her head between his hands. His palms were cold on her cheeks. May the road rise to meet you. His lips pressed like folded paper on her forehead. Through the yellow rectangle of the lit doorway, Bridget saw Daniel sitting rigid at the table, one hand clenched on his cup, his eyes fixed on the fire. He would never speak to her again, she realised. It would be a long ride into town. She turned her back on the house, pressed her wet face into her uncle's coat. The rough tweed smelled of firelight, of spinning fingers and of rain, of the Ireland she was leaving. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.